0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope, this one, and it's touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham Jr., gonna catch
2: it, he's in! Hello everyone, welcome back to RotoViz Overtime on RotoViz Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. My name is Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime and I'm joined by Sean Siegel. Uh, Sean... We have a couple of days passed since the Super Bowl. Are you getting ready to watch the XFL?
1: I think it's more likely that I will re-watch the Super Bowl several times uh, than (laughs) do the XFL, but I'm glad always that they have that going. Give those guys uh, some more chances. You can never have too much football.
2: Yeah, and I think uh, the interesting thing is, you know, there's a lot of stuff that happens, whether it's in the NFL. I would notice some changes uh, since the XFL to Premier League soccer and the UK as well. Um, Some innovations that come in out of that. So even if the football mightn't be the best, we might see some Uh, kind of innovations that can be passed along to the NFL but I'm sure when we're a couple of weeks into it we'll have that itch and we'll be be probably trying to watch uh, some football yet again but it is going to be a fun show today we're going to look a little bit more at dynasty uh, targets uh, an interesting piece up by Curtis Patrick on the site we'll be looking through some of the other pieces that kind of fit into that dynasty realm as well in the second half of the show so looking forward to jumping through some running backs, uh, some wide receivers as well, and some players that maybe you should buy or sell uh, in Dynasty over the next couple of weeks or months. Before we do that, I want to let you know about the Loyal Podcast Listener Discount. You can get 10% off a Rotovis NFL Pass right now. Available through the NFL Podcast homepage that is rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Get ready for the 2020 season. The draft uh, Dynasty season is really in full swing and it's not going to be long until we're getting ready for those best ball drafts as well well. So get all of that content and all of our tools up on the site. Help support the podcast network and gain amazing value. Once again, that is 10% off at rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. So, Sean, the first piece on the agenda today is looking at Curtis's piece uh, on the running back edition, talking Dynasty trade targets for 2020. I'm sure all the listeners, too, have been checking out the Dynasty Command Center podcast. Great work that Curtis and Travis have gone on each week on that show. And like ourselves, they're doing the the split content uh, per week as well, moving forward. So lots of stuff to sink your teeth into uh, with them as well. I'm sure they'll probably mention these guys as well on the show. So it'll be interesting to see if there's any difference in opinion between myself and Sean and then of course Travis and Curtis but when we look at it there's three targets in this week's uh, piece one of them is Miles Sanders who we have discussed a number of times on the show um, over the last uh, couple of months the other one is Alvin Kamara who's a very interesting uh, candidate for this coming season um, what, what's your thoughts when we look at those two guys is there one in particular that, that stands out most to you out of those trade targets?
1: Well, I think that that Sanders and Kamara both stand out as guys who are pretty exciting. Uh, Both guys we've been high on. Certainly, Curtis was extremely high on Sanders last year. He was our top guy in terms of rookie running backs. And certainly, you and I have discussed on the show this battle between Sanders, Jacobs, Singletary going forward. Uh, Curtis notes about Blair's research that these guys who have positive rookie seasons in terms of fantasy points over expectation, they tend to score more fantasy points the following year. Sanders number one in 2019, even more exciting, he was the third best running back, rookie running back in the last 20 years in terms of receiving fantasy points over expectation. We have Kamara, the other person, interestingly, that we're going to talk about. Geo uh, Gio Bernard is the only two guys that kind of snuck by him there. A couple of the other big names on this list, you know, someone like a Kareem Hunt, a Matt Forte who went on to a number of big fantasy seasons in part because of his receiving. David Johnson, who we all know exploded in that second season. (laughs) We don't want to forget, uh, based on 2019, just how big David Johnson was in 2016. And I think that if you are buying uh, Miles Sanders, you're looking at that possibility because even though – they do tend to split the touches a little bit in that Philadelphia backfield. Sanders is the guy in an offense that if they get some people healthy, can be very explosive for the running back, right? You talk about the time period that he got both later in the year, which as we've discussed numerous times, is when those rookie running backs often really explode. And then also when he wasn't competing with Jordan Howard, that split averaged 17 points per game. So we're talking about a number that really starts to pull away and he could be even much bigger next year. One of the things Curtis talks about, he's got some cool information here for us in terms of what he's found with some Twitter polls, what the value is for Sanders and people had a 53-47 preference for the 104 over Sanders and what that means is that those top three backs are likely seen as a little bit more valuable and then Sanders starts to come in around the range of, say, the top couple of receivers there, I think especially Lamb being very interesting. The trade offer ideas that Curtis puts out are the 2020 picks in the 104 to 106 range, a Jacobs, maybe Le'Veon Bell plus a second, or Julio Jones. Any of those picks or any of those trade ideas uh, pique your interest?
2: It's always that one. I want to mention this again. I think it was mentioned on the last uh, dynasty one we looked at with Curtis too. I always find it hard to move on from Julio in any in any situation. Uh, but the other picks, I think I would be interested. I think I don't know if I'd go all the way up to the one o four. I think that'll be pretty close. But I think I'd be if I could get it for the one o six, I'd be very happy. Uh, I think I would as well do the Josh Jacobs straight up for miles Sanders based on what we've talked about before, um, and the Bell one if you could get uh, the owner to be interested in that move. I think one that you would do as well. I do think Bell is is likely to bounce back this, this coming season, but uh I think there's just so much positivity there with Mike Sanders. Just looking back through his year again, you know, he had 179 rush attempts for eight hundred and eighteen uh yards and then just had the three Russian touchdowns on the ground, which probably is keeping his value a little bit lower than maybe we would have expected. And then his uh, receptions with 50 receptions on the year for over 500 yards, three touchdowns. I think something as well that we'll, we'll have to look into is this Eagles offense was so banged up as we got down that stretch. I think if we have a situation where they can be healthier, uh, it would actually improve the opportunities for Miles Sanders because when it got to the end of the season, he was kind of the one of the lone pieces fit and healthy in that offense and he was even banged up at times so I think maybe the lower I know he had six total touchdowns in the year but I think people may not be as high on him as they probably should be heading into this, this current year when you look through his numbers like as a rookie as you mentioned how impressive they were Um, you know o- overall 1300 scrimmage yards for a rookie is extremely extremely uh, impressive and I, I just uh, <laughs> the, more, the more I look into Mike Sanders uh, the more interested I get so he's definitely Somebody I would love to get on those rosters, so that they would be trades I would be doing. Um, would you go? Would you go all the way up to the 104 if that was on offer? And how high would you be going in terms of looking to get them on your rosters?
1: I, I think that you should, and I certainly would like those veteran trades as well. One of the things that we've talked about a lot on the show, and I think is worth repeating, is the way these second-year players make a big jump, both in terms of production and in terms of trade value. And I think that when you're looking at the trade value, you're looking at some with Miles sand, where you're almost certainly going to get production that will help you towards a title this year. And then at the end of the season, you may be able to sell him for a King's ransom, right? You contrast that to those rookie receivers whom I'm very high on. I think those guys are going to be perhaps even better long-term plays than these running backs or at least a couple of the running backs. I do have to admit to be very, very high on, on one of the guys uh, in particular. But if you have a, a 103, 101 to 103 pick and you can trade that for Miles Sanders plus, which certainly it looks like you would be able to do, then again that's something where, especially if you can make it this early, we don't know where these running backs are going to end up. It's always possible that the Eagles will bring somebody else in, which would knock down uh, Sanders' value. But these big name guys, there's always a chance that they will land somewhere where that rookie year isn't as strong. You know, you think about Kamara constantly being in a little bit of a committee there. You think about McCaffrey and how his value was actually deflated after sharing time and not scoring a ton as a rookie you know that was the time where I was able to pick him up at all of the leagues that I missed him originally and so you don't know if some of these guys are going to get stuck in that Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt situation where the team for whatever reason decided okay well you know instead of trying to get uh, this dynamic passing game that will allow us to be more like the Chiefs maybe we want to have you know, multiple stars at running back. And so you can take away a little bit of the uncertainty there by grabbing a Sanders, again, with the caveat that the Eagles could, could do something like that too. But Sanders' potential for people who acquire him this offseason is not just the production you're going to get this year, but the chance that you'll be able to retrade him a year from now and really build an entire roster based on that move
2: yeah it's a very like that, uh, that's not often the way people will look at those sort of trades but it is you know when we were talking uh earlier in the week about how to keep that championship window open permanently those are the sort of moves that can get you into that realm and looking down through it i'm just going to get a few questions here for you on alvin kamara like when you look at alvin kamara this year you know i think if you ask anybody they'll say that it was a down year and i, I think when you look into the numbers it wasn't in terms of his rushes you know he had uh, you know, he, he had 23 less rushes this year than last year, played one game less, uh, had just on, just under 100 yards less rushing, but averaged two yards less per game. Uh, the big difference this year is going to be the, the five total touchdowns that, or the five uh, rushing touchdowns he had, six total touchdowns. But in terms of, this is an interesting stat that over his first three years in the league, every single year he's finished with 81 receptions. But So he's, he's tied his reception best, and uh, the, the other difference was he was about 180 yards short. In terms of receiving yards per game, but I think like there's, it's very, very easy to see a way where he bounces back with the touchdowns. Like that was where the one major regression was. Uh, you know, thirteen touchdowns, 2017, 18 touchdowns, 2018, six touchdowns, uh, twenty nineteen. And touchdowns are something that's obviously going to have a huge impact on overall fantasy production. The interesting thing, Sean, I want to ask you here is, do you think that uh, he he can get back to those double digit touchdowns in twenty twenty, and are you also concerned? about Breeze and his you know, decision whether to, to play on. I think he is going to play another season, uh, but then the, the long-term value towards somebody like Kamara if Breeze wasn't there. What's your, your thoughts on moving in for Kamara?
1: Yeah, the Drew Breeze situation is interesting because it certainly seems like it is one of the things weighing on Kamara's value. Again, Curtis points out here that the value for him right now appears to be the 101 and the 201, which that's actually still a, a pretty good uh, prospect haul. So I don't necessarily think that that means that Camara is not being liked. One of the things again that we talk about is this idea of t- trying to turn your team over and make sure you stay young, you stay in that range where people are in their early years in terms of football experience and where the trade value remains very high. I think the thing that we're looking at here is not that Camaro won't be good, because what are we most likely to see in 2020? Well, the touchdown numbers that he had originally that people were maybe anchoring to are probably a little bit unrealistic, and then the 2019 numbers are probably a little bit low. So the 2018 and 2019 seasons definitely show you the very wide range that a star running back can score. My guess would be that he'll find somewhere in the middle, Also, what we saw last year was that he actually scored better by more than two points per game in the games that Bridgewater played instead of Breeze. And so we don't have direct evidence suggesting that the lack of Breeze is going to kill him. But as we all know, having a quarterback who can move the chains, put you in those goal line situations, that's very, very valuable. If the offense is not as good, then we have reason to be concerned, even if that wasn't a problem in this specific season. Right, so I think that you can go either way on this. Certainly, if you're participating in a startup in the next month, Kamara is someone who is very uh, palatable, very exciting. There, probably going to have another couple of big seasons. I think the reason to perhaps be on the sell side, if you can get those big deals, is simply that you know we look at the different running backs, we look at the big names who collapsed in 2019 and you know you see bell you see david john you see melvin gordon and those guys are older than camara but one of the things that we consistently look at with running back careers is that you're not necessarily looking at this extremely long time frame and then any uh, extremely high efficiency numbers are likely to come in that first window that camara has already had right so again that doesn't mean that he couldn't sort of thwart what we've seen from history he's a fantastic player also we had the little bit of an injury that he suffered and so certainly uh for him to have as good a season as he actually did have you were very right in in pointing out that this was another good season Uh, to do that when he's splitting carries with another back when he's got some injuries when maybe the saints offense wasn't as explosive that's actually impressive as as opposed to to cause for concern but If he has another season, that's not what people are expecting or not as good as people maybe are excited about the level that is up there, you know, with the Barkley or with the McCaffrey, then what you're able to trade and get back for him a year from now could be substantially less. And so this is one of those times where if you can make a a two for one or a three for one trade where the top piece is exciting. The next couple of pieces help you build your depth. I think that might still be something that you want to do. And that's where we get to some interesting ideas here. That, tra- that Curtis has pointed out with the trades. He says that if you can get, if you can buy Camara with a 101 through 103 plus a 201 through 203, so basically a high first and a high second. Or Le'Veon Bell in a mid-2021st or Keenan Allen and a late first. Those are all things that you might look at doing there. Are any of those trade offers ones you would jump on, or do you have concerns with those particular packages?
2: I think they're all fair, fair offers. The, the one thing I would be saying is if I was getting the on the, the side of the rookie picks. I think I would rather be on the you know the 101 to 103 to 201 to 203. I'd rather be moving on from Kamara and getting those picks. I think there's gonna be more value in getting those picks. That would be the one I would be interested in from the side of, you know, getting uh getting out from underneath them in terms of moving on and trying to replenish that roster. Um the one I'd probably look to do would be the Le'Veon Bell and the the twenty twenty uh mid to late first, I think. You're, you're definitely getting value there. I think I would be kind of pretty much could take either side of the Keenan Allen and the, the late 2024s. But I think if I could give Bale and a late 2024s to get Kamara, I would I would certainly do that one. Um, so that would be, be kind of the one I'd be doing to get him. And the one I'd be doing to to move on would be the, the, the rookie picks. I think they would be the way to go.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. And uh, there is some depth to this first round. There are some controversial wide receivers who could be – Uh, either complete busts or players who actually move ahead of the biggest names at wide receiver. And so it really depends a lot, I think, on how you see those guys. And certainly there's a lot of uncertainty yet uh, without the combine, without the draft, some of those types of things in terms of where those wide receivers will actually be. Uh, Losing a couple of the top running backs has knocked down, I think, the value in the middle and the late part of this Uh, first round. So it's not really the people who have the top picks who are most disappointed by that, but the people who were uh, sort of stockpiling those middle and late picks. Uh, The thing with Kamara, if you're going to sell him, I think you want to get younger. If you're going to buy him, then if you can get rid of a Bell, if you can get rid of a Keenan Allen. I was sort of surprised yesterday when I was putting together my top 150 dynasty tiers with 2020 rookies included just how low Bell and Keenan Allen uh, went in terms of that ranking, in terms of those tiers. Definitely guys where I think if you move on and get young players back, you want to do that. Certainly you don't want to give them away from nothing because they still should score solid points in 2020
2: so before we get into the second half of the show i just want to take a little moment to tell you about our brand new sponsor it is bet online the nfl season is a wrap but fear not blue wire is excited to be partnering with bet online to help you win big no matter what the time of year with march madness the masters and major league opening day right around the corner bet online has you covered for all the latest news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up plus it's never too early to lay down your futures bet on super bowl 2020 as myself and sean were talking through some potential prospects there a moment ago head on over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BlueWire to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit i signed up just before the super bowl got some wagers in there i had one specifically that helped me have a very good night was for travis kelsey to score a touchdown and the chiefs to win so i was uh, really happy to get in on board with that 50 percent sign up bonus and also it's a fantastic way to help support the podcast once again that code is BlueWire, all one word when you sign up at betonline.ag bring your best bets home with betonline your online sportsbook experts so Sean, moving into the second half now, we're going to look at uh, some players maybe to buy or sell, maybe players who you shouldn't buy. We'll have a look through them. So the first one up, uh, Samuel Wallace has uh, talked about Debo Samuel and why you should buy him You know, at a high price and based on everything we've seen this season. I know we've both talked about him a number of times and I've been very, very impressed with what he'd done. Obviously, he was very impressive again in the Super Bowl Um. Is he somebody who you think you could buy with confidence, and you know you could even go in and slightly overpay um and have confidence that that would. Uh, give you give you a solid value in return moving forward. Uh, it's been a very impressive, um, you know, campaign from him. In terms of we have seen him being able to rush the ball, we've seen him being able to work as a receiver. He's you know, in terms of uh, average depth of target, I believe he's uh, Jimmy Graham's uh, highest in terms of his average uh, average average depth of target. Um, I, I've been very impressed with Debo. Um, there's a couple of wide receivers I do prefer in this group um, over him, but I, I would have no kind of arguments with people who wanted to to kind of go in and. and pay their price to get him and um, would you do you put them into a category where overpaying is is still somewhere where you can find value
1: i think it is uh sam points out in his article here that in the last 10 games uh he averaged 15.8 points per game pulling out from the game splits app you know we talked about how we would have him in the 104 range if we were to redraft Last year's rookie draft, you know, he was a, a low end wide receiver one over the second mm-hmm. half of the season. He clearly was the guy in the playoffs. He was the guy they were trying to get the ball to in the Super Bowl. You know, this dynamic player with the ball in his hands. The only real question here, I think, is just how much will the 49ers throw if the running game is that dynamic? Uh, we talked about in the lead up to the Super Bowl that their splits in games uh, versus teams with strong run defenses and bad run defenses were pretty drastic, and when we saw that again against the Packers, where if they can simply run the ball, they'll do that. You wonder if there is going to be enough total volume with this particular team. One of the things that we saw with the Chiefs this year is that Mahomes didn't have to throw as much over the last five or six games of the regular season because the Chiefs defense got better. Certainly the 49ers defense is fantastic. So I think your only mild concern there would come in just in terms of is he going to get enough total touches to justify the really high price that you're going to have to pay. If you own Debo Samuel, you you are not going to part with him without it being a very, very impressive offer. We have another one of our new authors this week that we're also trying to highlight. Uh, Antonio Lozada has written a cool article talking about Derrick Henry is a superstar. Don't buy him in fantasy. And certainly this is something we've discuss- discussed in the past. And if anything, <laughs> Derrick Henry has said, okay, look, you guys may be right. You know, I, I run more like a small player, but who doesn't want Chris Johnson, right? I don't catch the ball, but who doesn't want 200 yards and three rushing touchdowns? And so, I mean, Derrick Henry is absolutely fantastic. Nobody looks the way he looks when he's out there running. He finished as the RB3 this season, over 20 points a game. Anytime that a running back gets into that rarefied air, then they are a legitimate star. The problem here and you know, we it, it sounds like a criticism, but it's really just sort of the state of the touches that he has and what is realistic, even for a superstar to continue to do because Derrick Henry scored 20 points per game. He was just uh, this, I mean, it was almost a cultural event watching him uh, perform (laughs) over the second half of the season. And yet when you go through the expected points numbers for running backs, and so that's what we would expect them to score based on the value of their touches He comes in below Christian McCaffrey. Okay, that's not a surprise. Comes in below Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley. Again, not necessarily a surprise. But comes in below Alvin Kamara, Le'Veon Bell, Aaron Jones, Melvin Gordon, Nick Chubb, who is splitting touches with one of the best running backs in the NFL. Austin Eckler splitting touches with somebody else on the list. Chris Carson, Joe Mixon who was basically not even a factor this season. And then you get to Derrick Henry. Now, obviously the other half of that is that he destroyed the expected value of those touches. He was number one in that group with 5.4 fantasy points over expectation per game. But what that means is that in order to average 20 points a game and justify what I would expect to be his ADP. And again, there are so many sharp players in fantasy. People are going to be uh, selling him at the 20-point game, per game level a little bit. But to justify the ADP that we're likely to see, he's going to have to be this unbelievable star again. And just to put that in context, the top two running backs in fantasy points over expectation from the previous year were Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley, Right. Both of those guys collapsed back to basically no points over expectation in 2019, and we're not talking about guys who maybe had this little stretch where they look good without a track record, and everybody expects them to be uh, just, you know, run-of-the-mill players in any given season. When you're talking about Todd Gurley and Melvin Gordon, you're talking about guys who had scored over 20 points per game in the past You're talking about players who were early first round draft picks. You're talking about guys who were among the best prospects in recent draft history and then completely justified that on the field. And yet, you know, we see with them how difficult it is for those players to hold on. Now I'm actually pretty optimistic that Henry is not going to undergo the same kind of collapse that those two players did, but, His path to 20 points per game again in 2020 is very difficult. Is that something that you would agree with? Or have you been brought over to the Derrick Henry camp, which it's a good place to be. He looked absolutely fantastic this last year.
2: There's no doubt He looked fantastic. I kind of I can't remember what what show it was. Like, and I kind of said that I was kind of eating my humble pie. Uh, you know, I I had some drafts this offseason. I'd done one dynasty startup where Derrick Henry just kept falling and kept falling and kept falling, and I was just like, at this point. I have to take him and I'll try and trade him in the offseason. And he ended up on that roster all season long. I couldn't get any takers. I'm hoping now that I can get some takers this offseason, uh, I, I will be selling. I think that in terms of if you're an NFL team and you have an opportunity to have Derrick Henry run the ball, I think it's definitely the way to go. But we've talked before about uh, you know how important receptions are to the running back position in terms of fantasy uh, points and PPR leagues. Uh, And you also mentioned there the the fantasy points over expectation. You know, if you look at most of this list, most people are averaging kind of between one to three points over expectation. Uh, At the high end, then, like players who we both really like, and Austin Eckler uh, and Christian McCaffrey had 4.2 and 4.7 Uh, respectively on that if you look then at Derrick Henry who was at 5.4 as you mentioned for him to sustain that moving forward is you know it's going to be almost a historic number to try and do in a back-to-back season so I think he's somebody that I would be moving off and running backs generally when they have value I try and I try and move them on because they they generally terrify me like you mentioned with you know Le'Veon Bell with even Melvin Gardner Todd Gurley the value can depreciate so much in one season whereas wide receivers always tend to to get that kind of little bit of a grace period until it's two or three years where the, the production has really fallen off. So uh, I would be moving on from Derrick Henry again um, if, if I could, but obviously the price has to be right. And a lot of people who probably were in the same boat as me last year were very grateful come the end of the season to, to see him put up those points um, and in such a kind of historic almost fashion. Uh, when we look, then there's one other player, and Jack Muller's written about him, and it's Odell Beckham. And we've talked about him a few times, and it just it just hasn't worked out at all for him, for the Cleveland Browns, for anything really going. But Jackson, an interesting piece looking at uh, the points per per game in terms of players who have at at least ten points per game before changing teams. Uh, the bad news is that they're uh, when they had that drop and ppr volume uh the problem was then that and the second team continued to drop even further uh does that there have you in a place of higher concern for odell beckham or what are your thoughts uh, heading into 2020 with with odell
1: beckham is one of those really tricky guys you know we go back to that idea again of the the lessons we're going to have in the dynasty workshop and actually being open to the idea of doing two-for-one trades and not getting the best guy in terms of the trade before this last season, I was able to trade Beckham for Calvin Ridley and uh, Robert Woods. And certainly that paid off in a big way with where those players are. Even with Woods having the slow start, he was able to really come on at the end. This is a cool piece by Jack because it actually takes research we've done in the past and takes it that next step. And a very important next step, I think for people who own Beckham or players like this, you know, Blair has done work in the past. John Moore actually at the very beginning road of this, also did some cool work. Both of those guys, looked into wide receivers changing teams found out that for players who are good that's actually a problem right it's a big red flag when they change teams we get excited you know you see Baker Mayfield you think okay well the reason this guy has got himself out of the Giants is because the Giants situation isn't great and now suddenly the Browns want him they've got the young quarterback they've got the uh, good secondary receiver in Jarvis Landry who can draw some of the coverage you know this is going to be Beckham back to where he was as a rookie and history tells us that that isn't what usually happens or isn't what happens on average and certainly it wasn't happened with Beckham and then what Jack has done kind of what you were alluding to there is look at the year after that and say okay well they changed teams they had a down season are they going to bounce back and his research suggests that no in general they fade even a little bit further that doesn't mean that that is the case for every single guy. And he finishes with a little optimism and says, look, you know, th- this is a big red flag for, for Beckham. You know, I would still be open to buying him myself if you can get the right deal. And, you know, he's, he's such a big star. We certainly hope that he comes back. But what Jack's research here does, I think, is is throw a little bit more fuel on the fire in terms of just the concern that we should have about Beckham. Obviously, he's one of those guys, certainly not yet, to the Antonio Brown kind of range in terms of the circus that he brings and just the difficulty of having him on your team at all. But the Browns have already soured on him in a way that I think is unexpected. And now there are so many questions with Beckham. He makes for an interesting buy or sell candidate, specifically because you're going to see some very crazy prices on him, both on the high end and the low end. Certainly if you can get him for not very much, if you can get him as a throw in to some bigger deal, you want to look at that. Uh, If you own him and someone is willing to buy on this idea that he finally bounces back, I think you should do that. And he may bounce back, but just the odds are going to be in your favor and you can diversify your risk a little bit. That even if you end up sort of losing that trade, I think that's probably the way you want to go.
2: Yeah, and it's, you know, I, I think he's probably the player this offseason that the value in trades will probably have the largest kind of gap from, you know, one trade to the next in terms of you could see a very high price for him you could see a very low price for him. It's going to be interesting. He's one of those sort of players that I mentioned about Mahomes uh, after the, the the Super Bowl talk on the on the earlier show this week. And I was saying that he's on the pace for to be the best quarterback of all time. Uh, Odell at one point was on the the, the space to be, you know, best wide receiver of all time through those first couple of seasons in the league so he's a player who we knew this data was there in terms of changing teams we probably thought that he could you know break the mold there so let's hope he does bounce back but it's just it's been a, a really rough ride uh, since switching teams I I didn't think getting away from Eli Manning could have been a bad thing for Odell Beckham but it's, it's turned out to be that way so far I think maybe at the moment you'd rather have him with Daniel Jones rather than Uh, with Baker. But let's see what happens moving forward. Lots of time to dive into that as the off-season goes on. I would highly recommend checking out the the work there that uh, Antonio... Jack and Samuel have put up on the, the site this week. Head on over and check that out. That's going to do it for today's edition of the show. As always, make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast device. Get those shows once they come out uh, and get listening to all the great advice that Sean will have for you, not just once a week now, but twice a week in the current format. So until we're back with another one, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at marlin Check out the site and all the great work Sean is doing up there. And of course, until we're back with another one, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotovis Radio podcast on your favorite podcast app. Contact us by email at rotovisradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotovis Radio. And remember, you can always support the podcast by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 10% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotovis.com forward slash podcast.